Do you want to bring balance to all the wireless radiation fields in your life, including 5G? The Omnia Radiation Balancer is a small sticker you can stick on any device. It changes the state of the field and creates a new resonance between the wireless radiation and your energy field. On the link below, you'll see all our testing results that show how the body responds excellently once you've made this change in your life. And here's a special offer for the Journey to Truth crowd. Just enter the word TRUTH in caps at the checkout for your 10% discount. It's easy to bring balance back to your body with the Omnia Radiation Balancer. Hey guys, welcome back. Tonight we are joined by uh, someone who reached out to us not that long ago um, with some really interesting information that actually corroborated with exactly what I was researching at the time. And there's no coincidences, right? So um, I, re- I got back to him and we've been talking ever since. Uh, this is Mark D. Um, he is a Diego Garcia Navy Black Project survivor. And uh, he has an incredible story. And this is actually his first time coming forward and speaking publicly about this. And uh, this is a really big, really big step for him. So uh, this is um, um, there's some information in this testimony that's uh, might be a little hard to handle um, some traumatic stuff that he went through. But, um, you know, we're here to help and we're here to hear him out and uh, give him a chance to tell his story. So welcome to the show, Mark. Uh, And before we get started really quick, guys, just as a reminder, um, Aaron and I will be speaking at Sedona Great Family of Light Gathering Conference, July 23rd through the the 25th. Tickets are on sale. Uh, If you want to come hang out with us there, grab a ticket. And um, the weekend before that is ESETI. Tickets are on sale for that conference. Uh, Mark, I know you're familiar with ESETI and James. I know you've done some work with him, so... Uh, yeah. That's really that's really cool. But um, I will actually be speaking at that conference myself. I, I'm going to be telling some of my story that um, some of you guys have heard a lot of stuff that none of you guys have heard. So I'm excited to get a chance to do that. So if you want to come hang out with us, head down to either one of those places and uh, we'd love to meet you. Um, that being out of the way, how's it going, Mark? Pretty good. Pretty good. So. Um... I guess I'll give you a chance, the opportunity to um, let people know why you decided to come forward and why this is so important for you, because, uh, you know, this is something that's been weighing on you for quite some time. Okay. Well, some of the reasons are um, just the images of, you know, a lot of people being killed and just a lot of the horrible things that went on in uh, Diego Garcia. And um, also, I, I know there's probably a lot of people waking up right now and getting these same memories. So I uh, just want to let them know that no matter how bad it was, there is a way out. You know, you, you can find out different things and you can find out, you know, who your guide is, is really one of the main things that got me through this was uh, a session with James where I met my, my uh, main guide. And that kind of unfolded um, 
why you do what you because we incarnate for these experiences you know it's not a victim thing i incarnated for this experience so then the question is why you know so um i just it's a good path to go you can find out a lot of stuff i i learned a lot from uh, james session you know i found out why what was my beneficial life you know what's the one that's affecting this incarnation the most and and that is actually how i found out you know why i incarnated to go through this experience so besides that there's a lot of people i know that are suicidal i was suicidal for years um <clears throat> i just want them to know there's there is a way out you can get in contact with me i'll give you my email um <clears throat> suzanne spooner has um a lot of people ready for uh, QHHT sessions, because um, that, that is the path out to that. That's going to get your memories going. Yeah, and yeah, I'll I'll actually absolutely. I'll put that session in the description, guys. So uh, <clears throat> Mark has a uh, or Suzanne released a session with Mark that she had done a QHHT ses session, and um, it's if you guys are if you guys are at all compelled to listen to it after hearing this, I would go check that out because it's really interesting. Um, anyway, go ahead, Mark. Yeah. And and there's just a, a lot of people I, I that may have gone missing during that period, you know. Um, and and this is how these people go missing, you know. You're abducted into these things. So, well, so I guess I really want to spend some time on the recruitment process uh, because I, that's what grounds this whole testimony. That's what makes this thing real, you know. Um, we hear yeah. about we hear about the, the the time in the programs off planet and all that stuff. But um, when you have something solid that you can actually verify here that took place in your 3D life, um, that's where it becomes real. So if you want to um, start there and then sure. we'll, we'll go from there. Sure. Um, it was um, 1981 summer. Um, I just turned 23 and uh, I was unemployed. <clears throat> had a friend that was living uh, in apartments right near me too. He was unemployed and we just, uh, he went into the air force and then I decided to uh, enlist in the Navy. So I went down and took the Navy test and um, they got back to me in a few days and uh, you know, they wanted me to sign, sign up right away. So um, I had heard some stories that, We'll just put you on the boat and you'll be peeling potatoes or something, you know. Mm -hmm. So I uh, asked to have in writing that I would be able to um, take the physical test to get into uh, Navy SEALs. It's it's actually BUDS is what it's called. What's it called? So, Sorry, it just cut out for a second. It's called what? It's called BUDS. BUDS? B-U-D-S, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> it's uh, the training you go through to see if you can actually get into the SEALs out of boot camp. So <clears throat> I asked for that in writing. And a couple of days later, <clears throat> he called me back and said, you know, they couldn't do that. But what they could do is give me the, they would give me the, a copy of the test and I could train. And when I felt I was ready, then I could sign up and go through boot camp and then I'd be ready for the test. And how old were you at this time? 23. 23. Just, I turned 23. Okay. Uh, so he um 
he probably just gave me two days and he started hounding me. You know, it's like, when do you, so when do you think you're going to be ready? You know, that's, so um, I was training. I had a swimming pool, you know, okay to, to use a swimming pool. So I was training with all that, doing everything. About three weeks into it, he just kept harping on me. And also um, I got a job too. So I was unemployed at the, in the beginning. So I was starting to lose interest. And he just kept bugging me. So I finally just, you know, told him off, told him not to call me again. And um, <clears throat> I didn't hear from him for about two months. And two months he called me and said, don't hang up. Uh, got this guy that wants to meet you. You know, um, come down to this local bar, you know. So I went down to the local bar and... Uh, you know, I'd spent a lot of time in there drinking, so I knew all the bartenders and most of the people in this bar. I went down in there, and as soon as I walked in, the uh, bartender was acting weird. He's like, there's two guys there, military guys, waiting for you on the booth over there. So um, I went and sat down with the, uh, on the one side where the recruiter was, I sat with him, and uh guy that I was called Bill um, was on the other side. Really dark energy. Just one of those guys like like Charles Manson, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he couldn't wow. go anywhere without everybody just feeling his his nasty energy. And uh, he was just started right in on me. Um, so you're unemployed, huh? you know, all that stuff. But you're unemployed, you know, trying to make me feel bad about myself. He knew what all the buttons to push. Um, and uh, him and I started going at it. So uh, the recruiter, you know, said, yeah, let me get you a beer. And so I slid out. He, he slid out with me and stood up. And then he leaned in and said, you know, listen to this guy. Now, he's a really important guy. Just listen to what he has to say. So I sat down in the booth. Um, and he continued his just making fun of me and you know, making me feel like a piece of shit. Um, so then he finally, uh, we were really kind of getting on each other's nerves. He came back, uh, the recruiter comes back with the beer, slides in on the side, and, you know, I'm drinking it pretty fast because I was pissed off. And uh, I knew the people behind us, behind him in the booth, and they could hear everything he was saying. You know, I was kind of like getting embarrassed. And so I was like, uh, let's go outside and do this, you know. And um, I think he was probably going to do that first. <clears throat> he asked me to go if we wanted to go outside and continue the conversation. So I slammed the beer down. We went outside. Um, he had a van. I got in the back, you know, in a little captain's chair he had back there. And... Um, he started, it was just him at this point. Uh, the uh, recruiter stood outside, or I don't know what the hell was going on there. But he had um, a clipboard with some papers on it. And he, start, he said, um, listen, give me two years. You'll never want to come back. Uh, the adventure of a lifetime. And nobody will know you're gone. And pretty much right when he was saying that, I could feel something kicking in, you know, I, I started to feel he, he had drugged me, 
Oh, uh, with the beer. uh, Yeah. Yeah. The recruiter had popped something in there. So, um, you know, I, I kind of knew they had me at that point. So I was, uh, I just said, uh, you didn't have to do that. I was, you didn't have to drug me. I was going to sign up anyway. And I signed the paper and, um, I woke up in the front seat of a car with him driving and, uh, it was still dark out and, uh, you know, I just woke up and I looked at him and I said, you know, I didn't finish my swimming part of the test. And he's, he kind of grinned. He said, you know, don't worry about that. We're going to train you. And um, we drove for a little bit and uh, he took me to Camden, New Jersey. So we, we started out in, in um, Pennsylvania. Uh, in a place called Malvern, Pennsylvania. <clears throat> he drove to Camden. We pulled down this little street. It kind of seemed like it was near this river and uh, it was a brick building and it just said medical center. And uh, he pulled up to a door and um, he said, well, if you really want to do this, I need to see you go in that door by yourself. And he said, um, I think he gave me a card uh, with his name on it. said, give this to them when you get in there. And uh, I'll see you. Uh, I'll see you after basic when you get done training. And I said, "Okay." Walked in the door, and um, there was a nurse in there, and I gave her the card. And th- that's when I really remembered his name from, because I, I think that was the only time I ever saw the writing. So it was uh, Captain William McInerney. McInerney. Famous one, but he wasn't that guy. What is it, Captain William? What? McInery. McInery. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, um, I had you know this is like 1981, so my hair was kind of long. I had a beard, and uh, kind of like now. Kind of <laughs> like now. <laughs> Very similar. Yeah. And uh, I had the only difference was is I had like an 80s shirt on. Yeah. With, big collar and shit so it was military people i was feeling like really uncomfortable and they had me waiting in the hallway so i took off the i took off that shirt i had a t-shirt on me and i shoved it in the trash can you know because i just i thought you're going in the military let's start getting your head into it got rid of those clothes um <clears throat> she came out a little bit later and then they had me lay on this table it's like uh almost like where you put your luggage, your uh, carry-on in a plane. It was very similar to that. It was enclosed around my feet, you know, or something. I, I don't really remember because I think they did something. They gave me a shot or something before, and I kind of felt a little dopey, you know, when I laid down on the table. <clears throat> and I just laid down on that table, and um, next thing I know, she was shaking me, just saying, wait. You know, you didn't tell us about, I couldn't even understand what she's saying. You didn't tell us about something you did and we can't use you, you know? And it was really weird. And um, my next memory is um, waking up in a field that was right near the apartments where I lived. It was daylight. So 
for years, all I had was I went to the bar and I woke up in a field. That little bit really? in there, I didn't remember that him driving me. I didn't even remember him. I didn't even remember going to the bar who I met until my mother told me that I had gone to meet the recruiter. <clears throat> wow. So that was pretty much for a while, you know. So anyway, as soon as I got a chance, I woke up that next day, went to work, um, started calling that recruiter's card, and he's not there. You know, I kept calling him, calling him. So as soon as I got a chance, I went to um, I went to the recruiter, and, uh, you know, it was a all the military was there. So uh, one of the guys just said, you know, they rotate out a lot. He's gone. So I, I had, you know, dead end there. And this is like 81. So, you know, there's no cell phones. I, I actually had to go to that location, you know, to find out what the hell was going on. And um, sure. <clears throat> I went back to the bar. My uh, the bartender told me, he said, he was in the Navy. Turned out. So he, he knew they were Navy guys. <clears throat> and uh, he was just like, well, what the hell are you doing with those Navy guys, you know? And I tried to find out, like, what happened? What do you know? And he just said, you got in the van and took off. Really? That, that was pretty much it. You know, I chased that around for a couple of weeks, but it, it just was driving me crazy, you know? And then, um, then the you know, I got suicidal. Because you just, you just can't make anything out of it. I remember training. You know, I, I, two days afterwards, I would say, I remembered training i knew something happened you know i knew i knew i was somewhere i remember being in a white t-shirt with short hair and and hot sun and sand training you know <clears throat> so um you know just went through the suicidal stage od and then a few months later od again and then um then i met my wife and i just kind of just put it to rest you know, there's nothing I could do about it. So I, I kind of went on with my life. And then um, I would say around, okay, let me back all through that. From that period on, I had dreams where I would scream, talk loud, yell at people, just have conversations, you know. But there's always screaming at somebody. And uh, that started at that point. And went on. So uh, I met my wife then. So she never knew anything different besides those dreams. You know, she didn't know that I, there was a period where I didn't have them. And, she still uh, married you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm messing with you. You're doing such a good job telling your story. I don't even have to ask you any questions. Uh, oh, cool. No, this but, uh, it's really fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, it, it's, it's fascinating now looking back on it, but sure, sure. Yeah. So um I didn't really have anything to go on. Occasionally I would get drunk and yeah, you know, tell somebody uh, about this Navy SEAL who was interested in me. But I had no like ending to that story. I just knew he met I met him, but I never knew what the hell happened. And um it got really bad around 2015, you know. The, the memories started coming out ahead. So many, so many memories of being in a gray uniform and shooting people and uh, 
just all kinds of bizarre memories, you know. So uh, I just was like, what the hell is going on? So in 2015, um, it really just got too much. Uh, okay. 2016 is when I had my first session with Suzanne Spooner. So, okay. You started getting memories back via dream state during the day. What did this look like? Dreams. Dreams. Okay. Yeah. And, and they weren't, I guess the thing that would have told me they weren't dreams is they were the same. They yeah. were repeated. They were the same thing. Maybe a little different ending. Like sometimes I would have a gun and I, I couldn't squeeze the trigger, you know, or it would start falling apart in my hand or something. But it was the rest of it was all the memory, you know. So there was several of them. There's probably about four of them that were repeaters that I had a lot, and they were the most traumatic ones, I guess, experiences I had while I was in there. <clears throat> and uh, that was pretty much it. I mean, it, it just got out of hand though, to the point where I was just seeing this. I would dream and see so much stuff. I'd wake up feeling like I had been at war, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I once saw her in 16 and uh, I really couldn't take much, much memory. But it was verified that, yes, I did go with that guy. I wasn't a project. And one of the first dreams I had that bothered me was uh, I had this encounter with a reptilian while I was in there. And, and that was the first thing that pushed through. Um, that, that was probably the scariest, weirdest thing that happened to me. So it, it was the first memory. You know, I, I couldn't talk when I see him. Prior, prior to that session, did you have any concept of a reptilian? No. No. So this is all new. I, I had heard about, um, I believe, Corey Good and other people were coming out at that point. Um, and, uh, you know, here's another thing that was really strange. Another reason why I went to Suzanne, too. I was, I saw a Randy Kramer interview. His experience really is nothing like mine. And yeah. there were several people, actually. I forget what it, what it was. But when Randy Kramer came on, I hysterically just started crying. Wow. And I was like, what the hell is that? that? You know, that's very similar to um, Johan's reaction to hearing Corey's testimony. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't know what to do. He had to actually shut it off. He, his whole he had a, his whole body had a physical reaction, and that's yeah. when his that's when his memories started coming. Yeah, um, and I actually started to get a little bit then too. And I thought, am I am I taking? Is it their memories? And I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking they're mine or whatever. But I tried it again the next day, and uh, same thing, just uncontrollable crying. So. That was one of the reasons why I went to Suzanne too. And uh, so I did find out in the first session, yes, I saw reptilian and uh, I did go in that, that program. Wow. But, wow. Uh, and what was the experience with the reptilian like? Or do you, do you have any like memory of what it looked like and what happened? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I have full memory of that now. Yeah. yeah. What, what happened was, is, um, um, in the program, you know, uh, we were coming back from a place one day. There were like huge golf carts, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess I saw something 
this is totally out of character for me too. I don't know why, how I would do this, but I saw something I wanted to check out. When we got back to the base, I snuck out of the base, um, went over to this place and I peered in the window. And as soon as I looked in the window, about 50 feet in there was a uh, reptilian with a craft behind him. And uh, to the left of him was uh, this guy that I know now know as the commandant of the uh, Dom. And okay. And, uh, I just, it was just two seconds. You know, I was there, was there, and they were on me on the back, on my back, two uh, guards. And, uh, but like you weren't supposed to be there looking at him. No, I wasn't even supposed to be in that area. Okay. Yeah. So I got tortured and uh, questioned for that. What the hell was I there? <clears throat> Who the hell? You know, they, they would check, I guess they would check what information they had about you just to make sure it was right. It was just torture, like, is this your name? Were these your parents? You know, that kind of stuff. Making sure they had the right information on you. And then they were like, you know, why were you there? You know, all this stuff. So, I didn't know anything. That was like about two or three days. Um, and then um, the reptilian came in at one point and uh, he got right up on me and uh, he looked at me and I, I just heard in my head um, him, I heard him say, you've seen us before. And, and that was it. He walked away. I, I couldn't even talk, you know. I, I was still froze up when I saw him. I just was froze up. Yeah. Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so that was, that was it for, for him. Um, but that was, um, that was actually once I, once I got in the program for a while. So um, it sounds like there's a lot here to get through. Now, do you think this took place at Diego Garcia? Yeah, it was all Diego. Like, here's, you know, just to skim by on that other stuff with the recruiter. What happened was, is, is that basically I went through some uh, QHHT. I did 16, um, 2016, 2019, and then just this last March, which is the one that uh, Suzanne released. Mm -hmm. But um, that's really all there is in that, other than, uh, you know, I found. Um, 2017, all right, 2017, I was, um, abducted from my house where I'm at right now. Um, yeah, I had, I had a memory of, of being, of stepping out of craft and, um, in my underwear <clears throat> and, um, and this woman having her hand, holding her hand out so I could step down the two, three steps out of this craft. And the thing that I, I knew it wasn't a dream was is because I wear contacts and it was, it was my vision without my contacts in. Everything was blurred. You know, all the lights had that. So the next day I woke up and I was like, what the hell was that? Man? Um, so that was when I went in 2019 that was one of the things I verified, you know, that yes, you were abducted. Interesting. Uh, 
they found out I, I went to Suzanne in 2016. So he abducted me to find out what memories I had coming back. And it's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting too. You said mentioned that about the contacts. We've actually uh, interviewed somebody, actually Cassandra for the uh, Cocoa Beach testimony. She has an abduction story where she remembers. Oh yeah. She remembers it because she always wears all this jewelry, and she remembers being wherever she was. But looking down, uh, all her jewelry was out, and she was seeing it like on this tray or something, and and that was the one thing that made it real for her, that she knew, she knew it wasn't yeah, a dream. exactly, yeah. and she knew that they had taken her jewelry out for some reason. So yeah, yeah, it's interesting. So then, um, I guess then you started getting Diego Garcia memories back after after this, and just for the people who don't know, Diego Garcia is an island. In the Indian Ocean, um, between Africa and what? Um, it's between Africa and India. In India, yeah, India, of course, <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, anyway, so Diego Garcia is actually a military base. It's a known military base on that island. Uh, a lot of whistleblowers claim that it's like a jump point to the moon for the SSP. And then there's there's definitely, obviously, from your testimony and some other ones we've heard, there is underground portion of it which where this is where a lot of your memories come from. Yeah. Yeah. And what part of the story did you get the information about the Malaysia flight 370 that went missing? Um, I had that about two months before the session. Because that, that, that that is actually a memory of Hans. Okay. Because Okay, we'll, uh, we'll get into that. All right, I guess we'll let yeah. you explain that. But um, the memory I have of it is uh, of him is uh, it's horrible. Them them uh, moving the bodies down through freight elevators, um, down through the dump, down to the tunnels, and then uh, the reason I know about it is because Hans knew the tunnels pretty much like nobody else. So. He knew where to, uh, where they could deposit the bodies from the so flight. That's the memory I have. Yeah. Well, let's let's back up just for the people who are totally confused about who Hans is. Hans, <laughs> Hans yeah. is basically your clone who was used in the programs. You know, you know, it, it's a confusing thing. I think maybe we should clear that. Up. Here's here as it is, like in a nutshell. Just like everybody else. When you go in the program, you are cloned. I think uh, Tony Rodriguez was the first one to actually think that you were. He was the first one I heard say, "I think I was cloned." So that, that's what the technology is. I found out from uh, a couple other people that what it is it's an alien soul splitting technology. It splits your soul. Your clone goes off. You're in the project. You're doing that programs, and then. Your other ones here now they, they they put the memories back right away so i don't know what's going on with, with the time thing but <clears throat> the only difference is between that story i'm two years into it and they basically tortured my soul out of that body mm. it's the same clone same body that i had the whole time in the programs it's just they tortured the soul out. So at that point, I'm no longer in it. It's just like a it's just like a vessel. 
sick of vessel. Emotionless vessel. Um, that that has, my, has my intelligence, has everything else, but no, no emotion, no conscience. Okay, so. Nothing. I mean, when it, at, during the session, when I could see in his mind, there's nothing going on. There's nothing. Really? You just wait. It's like, it's just like a computer waiting for a command. Yeah, that's, and that, that's probably the conditioning. I mean, that's probably exactly what they want. That's yeah. what that's where the torture comes comes in. Um, but yeah, but so anyway, that that's kind of how it is. It, it, it's not two clones. It's the same body. It's it's just like Corey Good or anybody else. It's just that body. It's just that they did that uh, experimentation. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So we we a lot most most of our audience knows how that process works to right to a certain extent i think it's really still a mystery like down to some of the details but we understand yeah. the 20 and back the age regression the clone the soul splitting i mean there's a lot that goes on to even achieve this and pull it off and yeah and i hear there's not just one kind you know there's two or three there's like three or four i think technologies that we use yeah that's what these yeah that's what tony rodriguez says about um <clears throat> Yeah, he goes, there's more than one way to make a clone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I really want to touch on the uh, Flight 370 information. Okay. If, if we're at that point now, because um, I'm actually going to share something that caught my, what I, what I was researching the night before you emailed me about the Flight 370. Mm -hmm. It was just like, this is an immediate validation for me that this is what might have happened to this flight so i'll let you tell um what you're aware happened and then i'll and i'll share what i read okay um there's two what things of this there's what you heard my high self say all that information on the session and there's what i can remember that i saw through hans eyes okay um, okay well, I'll tell you the first one is what I saw through Han's eyes. Uh, I remember um, what I would call topside base, you know, the, the, mm -hmm. the base on the top. Uh, I remember some people getting out, going out of the slide, the yellow slide, emergency slide out of the side of the plane. Um, Next memories I have are just horrible memories of huge freight elevators, um, full of bodies being moved, like just pallets of bodies being moved. Um, From the plane? Like, right. like dead bodies uh, or alive? Oh, yeah, they're dead bodies at this point. Oh, okay. Yeah. So somewhere between there and, you know, obviously the freight elevators, they were killed. Uh, my, my memory is just, just you know, bunches of bodies moved in vehicles, and uh, Hans is directing where they go. And Hans is basically, it's you, it's you, it's, but that's... Me, me with no soul, yeah, what, what happened was they, they tortured um, and instilled a, a serial number and a name, so it's 085971 Hans. Um, and that was it. So that's just 
that's your identity in the programs then that's what they call them yeah yeah for, yeah sure yeah usually it wasn't a number it was just hans and uh actually you know when we get into it you find out that uh you know for 34 35 years um he was kind of like bill's private assassin and bill bill was your recruiter bill is bill is that navy seal or at least he, he said he was a Navy SEAL. So, total lose respect for uh, Navy SEALs after that guy. Huh. But, well, yeah. so then what, what other information came through about this flight? The flight was, okay, now if you, if you go from what my high self said, what is, and this, you know, I guess Hans was around this stuff, but the plane was landed. It was... The people were taken off. Um, they were all killed. The plane was disassembled. Um, um, it was all for one guy who was on the plane who had a hard drive with information. Mm. And I, you know. What what type of information did he have? Um, what, what my high self said was it was uh, cabal, uh, cabal financial records. Oh, yeah. That'll do it. Okay. So I just originally thought it was uh, just some top secret stuff, but that's what it was. I think uh, it even said it was a Japanese passenger. Were they planning on doing anything with the information or they just, they just happened to have he stole the, um, that one passenger stole that hard drive was okay. on that plane, taking it away. They found that he was on it. They, uh, regardless get that hard drive back they all that people. just to get that hard drive back and right. and regardless so the plane went missing in the public eye but what you told me was that it was rerouted to diego garcia and, and the they, they said the official story was that it crashed in the ocean or they right? didn't know what happened to it yeah they couldn't find the wreckage yeah. somehow which doesn't yeah. make any i mean we all knew it when that happened we're like, okay, something else happened here. Nothing, nothing adds up to about this, you know. Right. So I, and Diego, if, if you look, Diego's right um, west of where the flight took off. Yeah, I mean, he was going from mm -hmm. Malaysia. Yeah. To, Lines up perfectly. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing else out there. I mean, you know. <laughs> no. So I'm gonna actually. So this is um, from a Carrie Cassidy's book, Rebel Gene, and she she's just sharing what one of her insiders told her and i literally read this like right before you emailed me about the first time i had ever heard that the plane was rerouted to diego garcia and then you emailed me and told me that so uh i could try and remember all this i'm just going to skim through it really quick because i actually think it's important it doesn't line up exactly but still we know something's going on there uh it says there was a disappearance of the malaysia airlines flight 370 flight 370 was scheduled was a scheduled flight in the early morning of March 8th, 2014 from Malaysia to Beijing. Uh, full of employees from the high-tech breakaway branch of Motorola working on a freescale semiconductor whose office happens to be in Israel. And uh, word was, was that the employees on the flight were highly competent super users who may have compromised the brain trust behind their newest Skynet type chip. That was even in the mainstream referred to as the command and control chip. In other words, a central chip that can manage and override other AI components. But, but this is where things get interesting. It is said that the plane didn't go down, 
but instead was rerouted using the known verified Boeing autopilot as substantiated by the investigator team Able Danger. The reroute was to De Diego Garcia, a toll where any unnecessary passengers were then brainwiped and sent to third world countries where they were condemned to wander around homeless with amnesia for the rest of their lives. This is what I was told by a contact. That's what Carrie says. Now, whether yeah. or not that con contact had the, the real story or not, that's up to, she even follows it up, says, she goes, I do get stories from different whistleblowers sometimes that contradict each other. So use discernment. Part of it's true. Yeah. Part of it's They would never let any of those people live. Yeah. yeah. They're not going to take that chance. You know, and, and you yeah. know, we're just talking about this plane, but we all know there's several planes. If you start investigating, there a lot of the planes that went down, it's because there's one person on there. Yeah. Um, but either way, we have two sources now saying that plane was re rerouted to Diego Garcia. And yeah. and um, what happened after that? Um, it seems like it would be a lot harder to mind wipe everybody and plant them in third world countries than it would be just to eliminate them if the if, if the public thinks they're all gone anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I, they're, they're really disgusting people. I mean, uh, they had the people get off the plane probably so they, they wouldn't have to go through all that effort. Yeah. They had to get off the plane so they could kill them because if they killed them on the plane, then, you know, it's, it's much harder to take all those bodies out. They're, they're horrible people, man. <clears throat> so that's... Uh, you know, the Diego, uh, or the Malaysia flight is actually just, I know it's probably big to you, but the other stuff is just the most disgusting stuff to me uh, that I saw in Ireland. And the, the fact that the Navy was behind it all, you know, there's mm -hmm. nothing else on Diego. There's, there's the Navy. That's it. Yeah. I mean, any soul came in contact with, it's the usual setup. It's a uh, Navy and the uh, positions of power are Germans. Yeah. The commandant German, he was in charge of that, that dumb um, guy. He was in charge of the prison. He was German. So there we go again with yeah. the Germans. Mm -hmm. And so the reason I even, Nazis. the reason I think this is important is because it helps verify your testimony. Yeah. yeah and, it, and, and prior, I remember telling you about this, and you had no idea that this was in her book. And uh, what year? Twenty twenty. This book came out last year. Okay. So. Yeah. Uh, but I, mean, I don't know. I don't know when that information was given to her. You know, she's just relaying that in this book. Um, regardless, it just helps her case. This is why. Yeah, I, yeah, it does. It, it's um, it, it's one of the most disgusting things. It's it's actually that and. Uh, you know, there's probably 40, from what I can tell, like 40 some murders of Hans. That and then Malaysia flight, seeing all those bodies, that, that's a big reason why I had to do this. Okay. Yeah. So, and then Diego Garcia is, um, do you have, can you explain the underground portion to people? Yeah. Uh, I'll back up. What happened was, is, um, okay. My, my, I was, my first memories there are, are being trained. So that was my only time topside. Probably about four or five weeks, we went through basic training, kind of like SEAL training, like BUDS training, a lot of the stuff that they use. Uh, 
you know, you see telephone poles and all that stuff that they use in training. Um, after that, then we went to a base down in the dump. And it, we were numbered one through eight. There was eight of us. Um, there, it's just otherwise my group. We weren't allowed to, uh, you know, when we ate, we, we sat three or four seats apart. Never talked. You were given your name, your number when we got there. I was number one. Um, and uh, that was it. Don't talk to anybody. Don't talk to each other. You know, they gave you that. Forget your names. Forget your family stuff when we got there. And then uh, we we um, trained as partners. Like we would break off from partners and stuff. That's at the point after basic, the eight of us were moved down to another, in town to the dumb. And we stayed a little area in that base. Um, and that, I was probably there just two weeks and then the, the, the real bullshit started. Um, I thought we were going to do something because he was a Navy SEAL. And honestly, I was totally gone out at this point. That's probably why he gave me number one. I was totally into it. I thought we were going to do something good. And I thought, I'm just going to give it 100% here. So <clears throat> he, um, I guess I was trained first. He, the first time was he started to, uh, take, he took me into the tunnels. So there's the dumb, and then you could, there, there's different areas. It's more of a military area of that dumb base. And it's connected by uh, tunnels like you would see when you drive, you know, you drive through a mountain, same type of tunnels. That would connect little areas of the dumb. <clears throat> so there was more of a uh, civilian area. You know, there was people walking around and it was always like, uh, it was just like a city at night, 24 seven. Right. You know, no, no daylight. And um, we walked it was just me and Bill, and we were in plain clothes. So we were gonna, he was going to take me down there. Um, we went down. Uh, we were walking down a street in, in the dumb, and he came to this area where there's a big square uh, gate opening, <laughs> and we went down there. I, I, I was wild. We climbed down there, going, and we start going through the tunnels. And uh, he took me to a place that was just, it was open. It was like a square. And there was just people all over, like, bartering. Um, pieces of clothing, food. You know, it was really weird. It was like a, like a flea market almost, you know. They were all around there. They had, like, raggy clothes. Um, there's like a 55 gallon drum cut off and they were cooking food in it, like a soup and stuff. It was just bizarre. Wow. And so he took me through there. Um, and I should have known better. So next time he took me in, that, that was going to be my first abduction. So they, they want, kind of wanted you to start earn, like earning right away. Um, so we went down there. I think um, I helped him induct some tunnel people. That's what we call them. Um, it, 
you didn't do anything to the, the abduction, so what would happen was to say, okay, here's what we're going to do. We, here's what you're going to do. You do this, you do that. If you said, um, well, what did the guy do? Or something like that. And you got what they call retrained. Um, they take you into, uh, everything was done in a wet room, the concrete wet room, uh, chair in the middle, and, uh, you know, straps. You get strapped into the chair, ankles, arms, chest. And then, uh, you know, they would beat you, uh, leave you in there for a couple of days, whatever, trying to, just so you would not ask any questions, take orders, no hesitation. That's what it was all about. So um, they beat you or um, it didn't really work well on me. And I, I got drowned a lot, you know, like a waterboarding, put something over your head, like a sheet. Mm-hmm. Wow. And we're just drowning. So after that, then I was like, okay, uh, you know, I mean, you, you just getting pushed into it, pushed into it. And you just want this to stop, you know? So uh, I was taken, I was trained for this one abduction. Um, you know, I had to uh, learn how to drive a vehicle and do some stuff, compass reading. And anyway, we went and um, I abducted him, took the body, took him over, gave, handed him off to them, and then they took the guy away. And after that, they were like, that's what we want you to do every time. We're going to expect you to act like that from now on. No hesitation. Don't ask any questions. So, um, yeah, I did like one more mission where we were actually off planet. And uh, I started getting the idea of escaping at this point. Yeah. I had already had the ordeal with the, the uh, reptilian. And I was getting tired of getting beaten, tortured. You know, it really, I thought it was going to be totally different. I thought literally we were going to do something good, you know, but it was nothing good we were doing. So how did you get off planet? What did that look like? Portal? That was a portal. Um, There was this, uh, I don't know what you call it, this mag trains, you know? Yeah. That's how we traveled. Like, this is why I got the idea to escape. I didn't know where the hell I was. Um, (laughs) I would never try to escape. The one mission I did where I abducted the guy was in the United States. I knew I was in the United States. I knew I was in the South. Yeah. And uh, so I figured, okay, we're we're in the United States. Um, When we did the off-planet one, I was starting to think, I'm going to escape. As soon as I get a chance, I'm going for it. So uh, I don't know how we actually got there. It was just... Yeah, we were, I don't know if we got in an elevator or we, it was the car and we just got out, but we were just there. And it was a, uh, I think there's some types of portals right there in Diego. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. 100% I'm sure. there is, yeah. 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 It is. So it, it was, um, I found out in a session later on from myself that it was a moon of another planet. Um, he wouldn't tell me what planet because he knew I would spend a lot of time investigating it. So it must be something kind of local. They were, uh, it was nighttime. I mean, everything we did was always night. Um, and then 
I trained for climbing a lot for this mission. So when we got there, we had black jump shoots on. Um, me and a guy scaled up this. It was almost like a figure, a big white, like almost like a gingerbread man. Strange. We we went up there. Um, we lit fire to it. And uh, then we were, we were supposed to just drop down the other side and uh, start hurting people. They were abducting a bunch of people, and it was, um, they were really primitive people, you know. Oh, really? Yeah, it, it was really primitive people. I, I didn't know what the hell was going on because it was dark. Once we got down the other side, then we started cruising down this hill. And, you know, it's the farther you got away from the burning thing, the less light there was. So there was a, crowds of these people. They were hurting them like cattle. Um, I was up towards the right, and that crowd of people started just going off. And I thought, well, I'm just going to go with it and get separated from these guys, you know. And uh, I did that. So I went over, and uh, I just was going running with the people. And it was pitch black we got down to like a river and uh they were jumping on like a canoe and hang off the side and and i jumped in there and hung off the side with them and i cruised down a little bit and i was looking over at them and i was like what the hell is going on they had different color skin it was like uh almost olive color wow. four and a half five feet at the most five feet tall and I had black, blackish hair. And uh, I just let go of that canoe at one point. I was like, I don't know what the hell, <laughs> I better get back. So I let go and just worked up my way back up to those guys. And I caught a bunch of shit for that. Yeah. I think that was probably the point where they knew I was, I was lying. They knew you were lying about what? Everything. I was just saying whatever I had to say to get by. You oh. know, at, at that point, I had been, um, they start forcing me to kill people too. So it, it was, um, they wanted you to, it seemed like they wanted you to kill somebody just to get it under your belt, just to get it over with. So, uh, you know, Bill was pushing on me to kill somebody. So that was another reason why I just wanted to escape. He, he brought me in a wet room. I guess he, th he thought I was, it was time for me to kill somebody and he thought it would be better if I didn't see the guy's eyes. So he had his back to us. He was bound up in a chair and, and he told me to go in there and unload the gun in, the, in his back, you know, around his heart, just unload the weapon. <clears throat> so I couldn't do that, you know, and uh, he just grabbed the gun and did it. And that's what you're going to do next time. I don't hear any shit next time. Just do it. So it, it was getting to that point where I was getting beat, drowned. I knew, you know, I was going to wind up doing something. I really regret it. So after that mission, um, where we came back from that planet, I pretty much, I was like, I'm getting out of here. Got to go. So I had been, um, given a 45 like a 1911 45 uh, i was the only one out of the eight i was also the only one that actually did missions they hadn't done anything yet so they didn't even know what we were doing 
Um, <clears throat> so I went back after that and I, uh, I told them, you know, I don't want to be part of this shit and we're doing stuff. You're not going to be one. You're not going to want to be part of this stuff. You know? So I, I talked them into leaving. Um, the next day, uh, I thought Bill was going to be out of, he was going to, supposed to be somewhere. He wasn't going to be around the base. Wait, you um, really quick. You talked who into leaving? You're, the other eight got to seven guys. Oh, you talked all those guys into leaving. Yeah. Okay. And this is after you got back from whatever planet you don't even undisclose. Yeah. You know what it yeah. was. Right. So, so you, yeah. okay. You got every, so you just were trying to get all of them to come with you. Like, no, we shouldn't be doing I this. I talked them into escaping with me. Um, we came out and it was like, uh, you know, two story of metal steps coming out from where we stayed straight down. And, you know, so I came out, I was, we were lined up like we normally would be one through eight. <laughs> um, and I had my 45, I got down to about, there's about six steps left. And then about five guys jumped out with rifles. So uh, it turned out number seven had turned me in. He told them what I was going to do. Really? Yeah. So, so and then so that the escape failed, and and, uh, and then, what happened? And then at that point, then um, I get um, Bill. Bill came over. He was there actually, and he was just enraged that I think that I had more pull over this guys than he did. That I talked them into going. That's weird. He was just so pissed that he was also so pissed that um, he showed favoritism towards me, and he finally realized I was lying to him the whole time. So, what, what do you expect me to be truthful? You abducted me. Yeah, yeah. I don't have to be truthful to you. So he he just got enraged, and he was a nasty guy. He flipped. Um, he just went off and beat me so I was unconscious. When I woke up, I was in the chair and uh, they questioned me again. <clears throat> who the hell, who are you? All that crap. You know, a couple days in there. And then, um, then he took me out and, uh, you know, I begged him not to let me back up. The whole time we were there, there, there was one thing we did too. It was like either you can take orders and do what we tell you, or you can go do your time in the prison. So we were always threatened with this prison. <clears throat> um, he then um, beat me a little bit more, brought me down to the prison. So it was actually just downstairs, way down. But he took me down there. Um, hand me over to those guys, which is this German guy that was in charge of that prison, Gruber. Him and uh, what was his name? Gruber. Oh, I thought you said Kruger. I was like, oh, that's good. No, no. <laughs> no. And he, um, him and other two guys. So at that point, I got um, beat again, stripped, raped. They urinated on me. And they stuck me in um, solitary. It was it was like uh, about five feet high. So I'm six two, so I can never stand up in it. It was uh, you know maybe 
eight feet, six feet square box with a hole in it for, you know, for your toilet or whatever, no bed. So, um, yeah, they, they just had me in there like an animal stripped for a year, no clothes. Um, they fed me dog food and dog bowls made me, uh, beg for my dog food. Yeah. The guys really got off on it. And, uh, that was pretty much it. You know, once a month they take me out. Um, it was pitch black, you know, no light at all. So, well, when they took me out, I couldn't see, you know, and they would, I just take me to the showers. I could never really see what was going on. You know, I could squirt it down or whatever, and then they push me back and push, you know, I just well, they, they must have had some type of night vision or something if it was that. No, my little hole, my little thing, when they opened up the door, they had light out there. Oh, okay. It was all lit. It was regular there. They were actually taking me to the regular showers, I guess, the prison showers. So it was all lit up outside of my area. Um, it seemed to be separate from the rest of the prison cells. It was in a different area. And uh, that was it. No, no, nothing different. The only thing that happened different out of that whole year was um, one point, I remember Gruber opening my door up and throwing a, a stake in and saying, Merry Christmas. Really? So I, I, I just kind of got for a second. I remembered who I was, you know. Wow. Just from the, them giving you a steak. Just the Christmas kind of sent me back. You know, I, you, you remember your family and Christmas and stuff. But uh, so that was that was that year was nothing else happened with that. At some point, I guess my legs gave out. Um, I couldn't walk by the time I got out of there. So um, the next one was an open cell. I was, I had clothes on. Uh, they weren't, they were giving me real food. And Wait, so they just transferred you in a, to a different cell? Yeah, I, I don't really remember it because, I mean, you know, it was totally crazy at this point. You know, a, a year like that, I was crazy. Uh, you're talking to yourself probably within a week you know, really? in those places. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't take long to go crazy. Well, that's, that's also a testament. I mean, that shows you how much we need each other um, to, because the worst thing you can do to somebody is put them in solitary confinement. It's one of the oldest tortures man has. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's what it is. It's torture. You, you, you go crazy real quick. But when I got out of there, I couldn't walk. I just remember my legs, you know, they were probably atrophied for never being able to walk because I couldn't stand up. Yeah. And plus the dog food, you know, probably wasn't, wasn't cutting it. So, um, I was in that cell for this other cell for just a little bit, you know, to seem like maybe a couple weeks. And then I got dropped off at prison and I was somewhere else. Um, I could run like maybe five feet walk five feet, you know, steps, and then I have, and then I fall down. You know, so I was having a hard time in this one prison. It was wide open. It was, uh, 
It was really different. There were open cells and a big courtyard. And it seemed like it was outside. Um, I got beat as soon as I got there. You know, I was getting kicked and stuff. I, I just remember that. And um, what's the, I, I'm going to stop you just for a second. Like, the, what's the point of even recruiting somebody into one of these programs if that's all you're going to do to them? I don't, yeah, well, I don't understand, you know. It, it, it turned out, you know, um, this was his first program. That's why I call it, it's, it's his first project, Bills. Yeah. Um, they made it, the commandant and him made an example out of me because mm-hmm. I was the first person to try to escape from Diego. So, you were just, so that was just all punishment. They, they tried to make it a total example at me. That's why they stuck me in there. I mean, for all I know, they were parading prisoners by when I, I couldn't see. And I, you know, to, you know, the whole time I'm in solitary and shit, just saying, hey, here's what's going to happen to you. So um, after that, they didn't care, man. He, he was just so enraged that, that I did that to him. I mean, what he told them was that it's on the, that session is, is he told them to, uh, when he dropped me off, he said, don't kill him. Don't let him talk to anybody. It'll poison their mouth. It'll poison their, and with, their, with his mouth. He was so pissed that I talked the other seven guys into going. Um, he just couldn't get over that. Well, it sounded like he, like, well, I mean, you said you felt his dark energy from the get-go anyway. Yeah, he's a psychopath. <laughs> so, uh, now you don't... Prison. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to ask another question really quick. Um, so sure. you, at this point, you don't know where you are as far as Diego Garcia still, or... No, it's, it's not Diego. I know for sure because... Um, after I get kicked, I mean, as soon as I remember being dropped off there, I got kicked around and laying on the ground. And I looked over and I saw, um, you know, it was a different being. He was human, but he was obviously not, not earth human. He was uh, about seven feet, bald head. His earlobes came down real far and his nose was, was different. Um, he came over and picked me up like a little doll and carried me over to the area he was staying in. And um, he got me food and water until I could take care of myself. And he wouldn't let anybody else touch me. <clears throat> so, wow. Interesting. The, the nicest person I met there was, wasn't human. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, that would only lasted, unfortunately, probably for about three or four weeks. And then uh, then I was in the last prison, which seems to be back to the, it was Diego again. Um, and this is the last prison I'm in. So I got, uh, at this point, my hair is cut again, because a lot of that time, they never cut my hair, or beard or anything. They left me like an animal. <clears throat> um my hair was cut and I was in a gray uniform and I was I remember sitting against the wall and uh, two, two guys came up. There was actually about 10 people, but two guys came up. The one I recognized as number two, my training partner. And this other guy who just looked at my face, I think my face was all messed up or stuff, you know, 
because everybody who looked at my face would always say, you know, what did they do to you? Yeah. And uh, anyway, he, I wound up being a cellmate with number two. And uh, guy, that guy who was with him was in charge of the kitchen. And he got it. I got a job in the kitchen. It was just like 10 days, maybe a week. And uh, I don't know what the, what was up with that guy, but that guy who was in charge of the kitchen, um, he, he touched me or something. You know, I, I don't know. I was crazy. So I just remember looking down and I had a knife in my hand. Thought you touch me again, I'm gonna kill you. And he touched me again. So I sliced, I, I just started slicing him up. And number two, um, he jumped in because so it, it wound up just to be like a total kitchen fight. And uh we didn't kill anybody, but you know, they were all they were all laying around. There's so it was like four guys, four or five guys that just were done. Um so we were the only, we basically just killed the kitchen, you know, wiped out the kitchen. So um, we got brought back to our cell. <laughs> we weren't allowed anymore out of the cell. And Gruber, that guy I told you about, was really pissed. So this is when the worst shit starts happening. Um, he starts taking us out one, one at a time. So you, like, I would go one day. And they would take you and um, lay you on a table and give you a shot in your neck of a drug that um, you were conscious, but you couldn't move. You could feel everything. You could hear, but you just couldn't move your body. And um, he would torture you. He'd lay his instruments out in front of your face just to see the terror in your face. Torture you. maybe rape you and then drop you off in the cell. And so you would lay there for hours, not being able to move. And then the next morning they take the other guy. So it, it got to the point where we weren't even able to talk to one another. You know, we, we didn't know what was going on. There was a, a couple of skip days there where they didn't take us. And uh, at that point we decided to kill ourselves. You know, there's the only way out of there. Um, so next day, it was my turn. I went, I come back, I get dropped on the floor of the cell. You know, it's a skinny little cell with two bunks over here. I'm laying here. Um, and number two standing there, and he said, man, just, uh, you got to get out of here. He told me his name was Joe. Told me some other information about him and said, uh, You gotta get, get out of here and tell our families what they did to us. And uh, I fell asleep. And when I woke up the next morning, he was dead. He hung himself with our socks off the side of the bunk. So at that point, I just totally flipped out. I'm screaming, running around the cell. Just like a, like an animal screaming Bill's name, saying, "I'm ready to kill somebody now. I'm going to start with you." Just kept screaming and screaming, and um, 
they came in and held me and gave me one of their shots in my neck and then put me on a stretcher right outside the, the cell door. You know, you could see, it was bars, so you, you could see I was just right there in the hallway. And uh, I could hear them, you know, they weren't allowed to touch anybody. They weren't allowed to touch jail. Not allowed to touch the body until Bill got there. So Bill got there. And I was laying there on the table, you know, I could see peripheral. So he, uh, I know the guy, he flipped. I could see the switch go. Um, and he jumped on that guy, Gruber, you know, just snapped his neck so many times. I thought his head was going to fall off. And, uh, and he just walked over to me. And, you know, after all that happened, I thought he was like my savior. Because he, he just killed that guy that was doing that to us. So I had that feeling, man. I remember him walking over the stretcher and looking at me, and we just looked at each other. And, and I thought, man, all right, I'm out of here. You know, I'm going to get some help. And uh, they pushed me away. You know, and I, I just closed my eyes. I could, I could feel I was, you know, going, being pushed somewhere. Um, and then I could feel my body being shuffled from that stretcher to something else. And, uh, and something just didn't seem right. So I opened my eyes and uh, it was just really quick. What I saw was really bright, really quick shuffling arms or hands. So they were white. And I looked up and I saw a face of gray. And that was it. Face of a gray? Like a gray ET? Yeah. And then it was like somebody threw a switch. Boom. And I was in a body and they were shaving the left side of my head. Just what the hell is going on? <laughs> Man. I mean, I, so, I mean, obviously I started screaming and then uh, that's when I got my first electric shock. Jeez. So let me slow you down a little bit. This is, uh, you know, um, this is this is some heavy information, uh, and and you've been living with these memories. Um, no wonder why you got to get it out. I mean, this is part of the healing process. So, um, how has this been? As far I know, you've been working with James, Peter Slattery, Rebecca Rose, um, as far as you know, recovering from this and dealing with these memories. Um, I, I want to, I want people to know that, you know, there is a light at the end of the tunnel here. Yeah. You know, definitely. Um, you know, and, and then also, like I told you in the beginning, you know, we sign up for this stuff. So you have to figure out why would you, why would you sign up for an agreement? Yeah. <laughs> why why did I do this? this? Exactly. Why would you do this? And then when I started thinking about it, I was like, also like, why would Joe, why would he incarnate to come in and, hang himself with our socks. You know, it's some pretty sad stuff, but I found out later that, you know, it was agreements. It's, it's agreements we have. And, and, uh, you know, somebody wrote in the comments on Suzanne's thing. It was, it was perfect. They said we were all a Mark and a Bill at one point, like incarnating. And, you know, the reason that happened to me is, is I was that person. You know, I had the memories of uh, um, Orion Moores. And mm -hmm. I was I was that guy. I, I 
I lost my family and I killed everybody, anybody I came in contact with that knew anything about a gray or a reptilian. I killed them. I tortured them to find out any information, whatever it took. During the <clears throat> this, you're talking about memories from the Orion Wars. Yes, that's interesting. We had so a it's yeah. basically payback. You know, I I got to experience what it was like to be on the other end. Mm. Uh, okay, so it's a karmic yeah. thing. It's a karma thing. So is is there any karmic responsibility like for a clone? Like, so the stuff that happened to you in the program um, or the clone, like do you, Mark, have to, I mean, obviously you have the memories, but is there any karma from all that stuff for you? There's karma from, I mean, I was forced into abducting people. I I was lucky I got out without killing anybody, but... If I had killed somebody, yeah, it would have been karmically on me. Um, up until the point where my soul was pushed out and Hans was created, I'm karmically responsible for everything that happens there. So at what point did you, um, let's fast forward. Um, you, I know that <laughs> Hans eventually, you said you killed her, you killed yourself or Hans killed himself. And then and at that point is when the memories started coming back for you? Well, I had um, I had key memories probably when they happened. It's weird, like the uh, the hostage thing. If you read, if you checked out that session, mm-hmm. that hostage scene, I, I've had that memory for years. Really? Yeah. That, so some that of the stuff was with you already. Yeah, I, I almost got that memory probably when it happened. It was weird. So some some memories you get from them. Um, it's just I would say all the filling. You know what I mean? It's like you're going to get the real, the big things when they happen, but all the little crap came in when he died. Like I remember, you know, just where he lived, walking around the tunnels, walking around the streets, walking around the tunnel. People have you know, all those memories. Can you explain, as far as like um, Diego Garcia, like what it looks like if coming from the surface on down? Like what's what uh, you said something yeah. about a city, and then there's tunnels below that. Yeah, there's on the top, on the top side base, there's um, freight elevators. And you can take huge vehicles down in some of those freight elevators. They go down to the next level, which is uh, the dumb. Okay, from that base, and that spreads out all over. Underneath that is just tunnels, just like like New York City or any other city where they have all the sewer tunnels underneath it, there's just the same thing there. Um, they're right below that. Then there's a couple levels below. There's uh, experimentation labs and there's prison. And I think there was uh, Reptilian City or something down in there. I'm, I'm sure. I'm, yeah. I'm almost certain. I mean, that's kind of what I've heard from I, I've gotten some verification on some of this stuff from uh, Elena Denon nice. um, that it was you know it was taken over lately the White Hats raided Diego oh really yeah from from the here, here's what I got um, from the dumb down they've taken but the top base is still cabal Really, mm-hmm. but, but probably the important stuff has been wiped out, though. 
Yeah. From what I understand, yeah. everything's gone. The tunnels are gone. They, they got all those people out. Um, the, the experimentation labs, the prison, the dumb. Hopefully they flooded that. They got everybody out and flooded them. And, and we have, you know, there's accounts of these explosions or earthquakes, you know, all over the place. And, and we've heard stories about these types of things happening, but there's no way to verify it. There's a, yeah, there's, there's the earthquakes happening all over the planet. Um, they're really weird because they're so many of them are all not, not like you can look at the data and it's not like a natural earthquake. Right. And they're all, they all are at the same exact depth. Like it's all these bases. Exactly. They're being taken out. I, yeah. I, saw, I saw a diagram Michael Jaco had up on, on one of his shows and that was showing exactly what you're talking about. Aaron. Oh, I didn't yeah. even... And I actually saw a, a, a group of them around Diego. Really? Really? So I'm trying going? to find the date, the date when it was. Um, Elena told me it was uh, April 19th. Of yep. this year? Yes. Oh wow! Um, Recently, I know our yeah. friend, our friend Jermaine. He's he's actually done some of his own research, and he looks at the seismic data. And yeah, there's a dis, there's a distinct difference between an, an explosion and an earthquake, like mm -hmm. like what he just said. There is, but there's so many people out here now, like, oh, that's all bogus. That's not happening. This is just earthquakes. How can you prove it? Well, we don't. We can't prove that what is actually happening. Whether children are being rescued, these bases are being cleared out. We yeah. don't know. But we can prove that there are explosions and they're not earthquakes. And sometimes right. they are earthquakes. It just depends on the data. Uh, they're all the same size. It's yeah. weird. Yeah, you can see it. It's a, I forget what he said, but it's, it's a specific explosion device and it takes up a certain area. And he, he was looking through and just saying, oh, yeah, there's one, there's one. They could see them by the color on the chart. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So I just want to clar clarify that because I know there's a lot of people that have an issue with um, people claiming that these things are happening, but there's no way to prove it. Well, they're, that's, they're, a, that's a massive, uh, that's massive evidence to yeah, me to, that, that yeah, is happening. That's something, yeah, what else yeah. are they blowing what, up? What else could it be? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. With, with what else we know, you know, that, that it's, just it's like connect the dots. Man. For 4th of July, that's all just a fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They just decided to yeah. Yeah. explode random yeah. places for no reason. Yeah. So um, without, I mean, you can keep going into details as far as the, the what happened to you, but you eventually. Um, well, that's that, pretty much that was pretty at, much at that point, you know, it's it's um, uh, I'm, I'm on Mars and I get that um, electric shock until uh, each time I got it, it seemed like my my I don't know if your soul or your body. It would just slowly come back down. When I would get shocked, it would come out of my body and come down. And just one time, it just kept going. Really? And, and that was it. It was just like, yep, it kept going. And I guess that was that was when they finally got Hans. Wow. And, Man. and I had memories of him being trained. So he, he was all, he was retrained physically and, you know, with weapons and everything. Not, not since you've been back, have you tried to, um, I mean, I know you did say you tried to find a recruiter and all that stuff, but have you, have you since tried to like locate or verify any of these people that were involved in the first place? No. Um, 
or the Strange medical thing. building or anything like that? No, no. I, I looked, you know, I Google Earth. I checked that out. But, you know, this is 1981. That's sure. Gone. Yeah, okay. Uh, everything's gone. Yeah. Those people are probably all gone. But, um, you know, the guy, the guy was in my personal life, too. So that, that's the other thing. You know, he not only abducted me in 2017, but before that, you know, I was a musician. He showed up at my shows. Once we remembered him, I remembered him. Then I remembered him in my life. I remembered him coming to my shows, buying me drinks, sitting down at the table. The waitress being weirded out by his energy, saying, this guy's really strange and stuff. He actually went up to my wife one time at one of my shows and talked to her and said, are you with somebody in the band? So, you know, he, he kept an eye on me from 1981 till 2017 when he was, he abducted me in 2017. Um, not long after that, he was, he was caught. Wow. So wow. this, this was the guy who recruited you. This is not the recruiter. This is the Navy SEAL, Bill. Bill, but he, okay, not the recruiter, but the guy that took you in the van. Yeah, the Navy SEALs, the guy who's, he's with me through the whole thing. Bill is, is the guy, it's his group of eight. He's one calling the shots. Wow. Mm. Wow, so you actually didn't even finish your tour. Um, we, usually we hear about these guys who finished a tour and they, they kind of remember going back and having the age regression and all that stuff done. In your case, it was different. You, you just, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It just seemed like, um, I guess, because they pushed the soul out of that clone or something, it just changed everything. Now, what have you learned about um, clones? I mean, as far as I know, you were, your, some of your session got into some of the stuff about clones uh, among us now, like um, in <laughs> politics and all this stuff. Like, I, I, I this is a real yeah. thing that, that I, yes. I've, we talk about that a lot yeah yeah i want to keep bringing it up because i don't i don't care who you are some of these people uh these politicians are clones and celebrities probably yeah yeah and and something else i think i've I've learned too is there's a difference between a clone you can tell the difference between a clone that when the clone is only alive and the person's dead that clone is not going to act right it's a different thing. It's just like, act like percent. They're just not going to be able to assimilate into life like everybody else. They're He's going to act not, like seem kind of like robotic, like Joe Biden. Yeah, yeah. like Joe Something Biden. Missing. Yeah, like right. Joe Biden. Exactly. That's, so that's why I say that because you can see like some of them. Um, there's a difference between a, you know when the clone, when the person's alive and the clone's alive, and they're both, or the clone's just alive. And the person's dead. Well, that's it's it, the interesting thing about Biden is that there's actually been like mediums and stuff who claim that he's came to them, like and and they claim that he's dead. So if he really is dead, you know, even yeah. guys guys like Ivan Teller claimed that he was cloned back in the seventies at Dulce, New Mexico. I mean, there's there's information out there we don't know. We don't know, right? But, exactly. no. but by, his, by his actions, and let's face it, I mean, the malfunctions, the drooping eyes, the weird flabby skin on the neck. I mean, the, the yeah, this is neurological problems. That's, that's yeah. why I say that. I, I believe that 
he's dead and that clone's there's probably several of them. Yeah, and then like Hillary Clinton, which you would have her like malfunctions yeah. and stuff. Yeah. People were saying that was the clone malfunctioning or yeah, yeah kind of like degrading. Well, who was it just saying like a, some of these clones are like rapid aged because they need them and a rapid aged clone um, is more likely to fail or have, have issues like that. Mm. So <clears throat> I don't know. Um, I know I'm absolutely fascinated by the whole subject of the clones. So um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's really, it's really not right, is it? I mean, it's, it's not right. I have to tell you, one, one of the things that just bothers me the most is that uh, I know that's, that Hans wasn't me, and I'm not karmically responsible, but uh, I remember those people begging for their lives. You know, mm -hmm. I, I can see their faces and hear them, and they, to think that they looked at, you know, it was my eyes, you know. That's the last thing they saw. It might have been on a clone or whatever, but still, it's just not right to do that to your soul, you know? Mm -hmm. just, just so screwed up to do that. Well, I mean, we appreciate yeah. you coming forward and sharing this. I know this is not, it's not easy to, to live with all this stuff. Um, that probably sounds crazy to some people, you know, these types of testimonies, but I mean, there's too much stuff that corroborates too many people's stories are lining up mm -hmm. everybody is validating each other or verifying certain things without even knowing it you know there's there's dots to connect here and this is becoming a reality and more and more people if you talk to guys like tony Rodriguez and these other guys they're people are reaching out to him every day claiming they have memories coming back right yeah i have memories of stuff that i don't know and i'm still trying to piece together um yeah and and tony um tony's right he was one of the first ones to come out i mean i can't imagine him coming out that early with you know all the things he said everybody telling you're crazy and stuff so i i don't think that uh, it's we're at the point really where it's crazy anymore there's too no. many people coming out. no um, yeah well we these uh these testimonies seem to attract the trolls yeah, uh, we have we have the, our last episode with Daryl. Um, we got hit pretty hard with um, people just saying absolutely horrible things and calling BS. You know, really? Yeah. Well, it, it's we got a lot of good. We got, we got a lot of good. Ninety-five percent good, but, but maybe not, maybe more of, than that. Yeah. Um, the secret yeah. space program. This kind of stuff always attracts the trolls for some reason. In our experience, yeah. people get triggered because it sounds so fantastical and so like to them is just like ridiculous i guess and it's like the people that are locked into their programming of what's real you know and they yeah yeah they're stuck on that yeah. I, I think there's going to be a lot of people coming out from diego garcia mm -hmm. um, i've already been contacted by one person so yeah. a person that um uh, sold them uh, construction equipment in the 80s mm-hmm you know, um, so, you know, I mean, this there's is, a lot of people that will come out. People, there's thousands of people there in the in the dumb. They work there, so there's got to be people coming out at some point. Uh, something I've never shared. Um, I wasn't really going to, but I might as well, you know, because I can't verify it. I don't know, but it's just kind of interesting is that I had my session with Ivan, and. He says, by the way, you've been to Diego Garcia. 
but specifically the underground portion. And uh, he said, you, you weren't stationary, but you were just visiting. And there's a lot more that came through that session. But um, I just remember when we both first saw each other, there was this very, there's this familiar connection there. And it, I'm, it's been driving me crazy, to be honest, you know, trying to figure out like, where, why do you, I know you or whatever this feeling yeah, is. I, so I don't know, maybe there's something there that I haven't recovered or maybe I'm crazy. No, nah, I, I know what you mean. I still keep getting that image I told you about when I think about it. Yeah. Something's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something's there. <clears throat> um, one of the other things I, I didn't say anything about, you know, so it really bothers me is <clears throat> there was human trafficking going on um, off that island through the Navy. You know, um, wow. one of the two of the people, all right, let me back up. I was starting to see all the faces of people Hans murdered, right? And uh, honestly, I just asked my high self to stop. I couldn't take anymore. Unless there's something there I, I'm supposed to see, unless there's something important, I don't want to see any more faces. And at that point, I saw two more. And I recognized one of them. The first one I recognized was number seven, the guy who turned me in in my group. He had a Navy shirt on at this point. He was older. He had put on some weight, you know, muscle. His face, you know, he had the boxer face like we all did from being beat. Um, and Hans was on the beach with him. So it was topside at night and he was begging for his life. And he was, he didn't know, you know, it wasn't me anymore. So he was saying, you were right. You know, you were right about everything you said that we were going to do. And, uh, he said, uh, my name's Tony, you know, I'm from New Jersey. And, uh, and that was it. Hans shot him. The other face I saw was a Navy officer. So that Navy officer, number seven, were involved in um, human trafficking with Bill. And he was um, cleaning up everything. Really? The end of the, their time together, that's what Bill did. Yeah. So he was just cleaning up loose ends, and he had them both killed. So do you have any information on why you think you were kidnapped? Cause it wasn't a recruitment. They like, were you on some list? Like yeah, what yeah. happened? I mean, why were they looking for you? I was profiled because um, I had no girlfriend, no job. They, I had no. I need to find a girlfriend and a job ASAP. Yeah. you better. <laughs> and uh, I had no, like no prison record, no arrest record. Um, basically I could fall off, you know, I, no one's I gonna really go had little contact with my family. Yeah. For yeah. That, they were looking for that. And then he also um, checked in and, and saw that, you know, if I was pushed, I, I would, uh, I could be violent. So that's what I was profiled and taken there. And I think what it was is when I told him I wanted to be a Navy SEAL and I backed down, then they, they put me on the list right up there. That's interesting. I uh, had some experience with a, sp a Space Force recruiter right after whenever that was announced. And uh, they, 
it was funny because they kept emailing me and stuff. And I eventually said, no, but it never went anywhere. Um, but I just, I guess that means you're on a list. I'm sure. You're on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it means you're on the list and um, means you want to start watching what's going on. Do you have any missing time? I, I do actually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to pay attention to those kind of things because you're on the list. They're not going to let you go. They can take, yeah. I was going to say, what's going to stop them from just taking you? They yeah. Yeah, I, I, you really have no control over it. Like I told you, when I was adopted, taking that, I, I walked out of my house in my underwear, walked up to the corner and got in the vehicle. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, I'm, you know, that's stuff I'm not ready to talk about yet, but yeah. Yeah. But those are the things you got to watch. It's, it's amazing. You know, when I, at the morning after that abduction, I, I started to notice um, I had it scab on my vein on my hand like somebody stuck a needle on there mm. Interesting. So you've got to start look actually look for those kind of things yeah uh okay so let's i wanted i want to kind of shift gears just a little bit and before we start <laughs> before we start wrapping this up as far as um let's try and end this on a positive note and um just like a future outlook like what's going on right now? Like, you know, things are obviously being cleared up and cleaned up. Um, and I know some information has come through your sessions as far as like what the future holds for, for humanity. And I was wondering if you wanted to share some of that as far as like being frequency specific, you know, for this shift and all that stuff. Yeah. That, that was the other stuff that did come out that, um, you know, it's, it was nothing wrong with people or whatever, but myself was saying that, um, the vote was, you know, people made a choice, you know, even if they weren't in this country and they couldn't vote, you, you, you know, you, you lined up. We're talking about other. for this last election, the vote? This last election, that's, that was actually the first choice. And then the second choice was the, uh, the vaccine. You're, you're, you're just saying you're not done with this experience. So it's not like there's anything wrong with you. You just haven't experienced it enough yet. So as far as like, like shifting the 5D or moving on or ascending, you're basically, which we've actually discussed this before. It's almost mm -hmm. like you're choosing, like, unfortunately, this whole vaccine thing, people are ignorant to it, but maybe this is how like the split looks. So that's interesting. That's, you're saying the yeah, vote was like, it's just where they're at. Yeah. 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 Clearly, depending on who you voted for, shows your level of awareness of what's actually right. taking place. And then clearly whether you sign up for the vaccine or not shows the same. So then like, it's like a test actually. It is. It's, it's really just a test for your soul. Like you're not done with this experience, go over here. Those that are, you can go on to the new earth. But what came out is you have to be frequency specific. If you don't raise your frequency, you're, you're not going to be able to stay on earth. Those that aren't frequency specific will have to go uh, continue the 3D in another place because it's not going to exist on Earth anymore. So Earth, basically, yeah, Earth is done with the 3D. Like yeah, we're, we're getting out of it, right? So either raise your frequency and go with the frequency of the Earth, um, or you go on to these other experiences. You'll incarnate somewhere else. Well, that's, um, I mean it kind of aligns with what I believe. And it's uh, very sad in a way too, because a lot of people we know, 
and you know if if this is real if this is true um it, it's a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people people won't yeah. won't accept it and i wonder if like some people who were forced to get this vaccine against their will or for a job or what for insurance companies i know that's a thing um yeah. is there a way to transmute it or reverse it i, I believe that's going to happen i believe that's exactly what's going to happen because it's really about your soul and those people that were forced into it i think they're going to wind up um there something's going to be available for them to reverse it mm-hmm. uh, i think the ones that the ones that are still buying into it they're not going to want to get anything to reverse it they're going to yeah. be happy with it. so I, I do believe that's going to happen i don't believe it's an end all if you got the vaccine you were forced into it i don't believe that's going to happen i, I do believe something's going to happen so you can get it reversed even not uh, even get those nano dust removed um yeah what'd you say nanite dust Nanodust. yeah I, I mean M- michael jacko was talking about that the other night uh, him and uh I saw him and Gene Decode, and they were talking about a, specific, a way that you could actually get that out of your body. Well, I mean, I would think that there's there's a way. I mean, there's there's got to be. They probably they, yeah. they probably already created it, a solution, a cure, a detox, whatever. It's probably available. Um, right. But, and I think that people who are tapping in are going to figure out a way. Figure right. out a way. Some people got placebos too, so don't forget that. Yeah, they, that's, they, that's what you said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what I did ha- learn from somebody else is they gave out placebos. Um, so if you didn't get sick, you had no reaction, it's a good chance you got a placebo, especially if they're asking you to come back for a booster shot. They, they didn't want everybody dropping at once because then everybody would have stopped getting the shots. It would cause a lot. Yeah. Right. They want to go in shifts. So they, they did that. And now they're going to now they're going to call you back for a booster shot and give you the real thing. So a lot of these like celebrities and politicians and past presidents and, and they, they're showing themselves getting a shot like some of it's placebo. Some of it you could tell there's not even a needle there. A lot yeah, of it's literally show. some of it. There was no needle and they're yeah. like pretending like they're getting right. and, and one like, video. There's no needle. One video was somebody <laughs> like getting the jab, but they never even pushed the syringe. Yeah, there's that. Like, it, it's, it's just ridiculous. I mean, it really is a clown show. Nothing, nothing out there that we see is real, you know, especially what's going yeah. on with the Capitol and the white house and all that stuff uh, is right. We know this is a military operation at this point. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yeah. think it'll end good. Well, is there anything else you'd like to share um, and, and get out before we wrap this up? No, that's about it. Just um, if you are, are looking for help, just ways that I found help was uh, going to uh, uh, James Gillian for that, uh, transpersonal release session and uh, I had several sessions with Peter where I, I met a lot of my other guides you know and then through um, QHHT you can develop a relationship with your upper your higher self and then uh, Rebecca Rose also right yeah Rebecca Rose actually was the breaking point of this whole thing in February I had a session with Rebecca and that's where it came out that I was on Diego Garcia, and that's where it came out that I was on Mars. So Rebecca's session was huge. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Nice. Yeah. 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 
She's awesome. We've had her on the show, obviously. Yeah, yeah. she she's awesome. She's very special. Mm-hmm. I'd suggest if you see her, she's she went to Kasich Records and um my, my wife had a session with her too. So she's nice. Yeah. Guys, go check out the episode with Rebecca Rose. If you haven't seen it yet, it was a two-parter. Um, it was really good. That was during our, we did a whole Secret Space Program month. And uh, we did nothing but attack this subject, you know. And and uh, it, it was really fun. It was really interesting. A lot of great information came through. Um, We're basically on Secret Space Program Part 2 month. Yeah, <laughs> right yeah basically, yeah. That's sad. Basically. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much. I thank you for choosing us to come forward. Yeah, thank you so much, man. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how that all aligned, um, but we appreciate you reaching out, and uh, we're glad to give you an opportunity to tell your story. Oh, thanks a lot. Thanks mm-hmm. a lot for the chance to do it. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, guys, go ahead. I'm gonna put your email in the comments, and uh, um, if you if you're going through something and you're looking for help, make sure to reach out to him because you know. That's where this journey has led you and all of us right now. We're here to help each other, we you know, heal through these times because we're not really going to go anywhere unhealed either. So we have to heal and we have to get through this. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Time to heal and time to forgive. Mm-hmm. Forgive yourself too. A lot of people, yeah. that's the hardest thing. We beat ourselves up about so much. Um, yeah. Just forgive yourself. It's, it's easier than you think. It's easier than you think, you know. It's, it's all mental, you know. Your mind can get in your way or it can stay out of your way. It's up to you. Um, okay. Well, thank you for coming on, man. This has been great. Uh, um, an incredible story. Incredible story. And I know there's probably a lot more to it that you didn't even get to, but um, some of that stuff's not easy to tell, I'm sure. And it's not easy to relive those moments. So uh, we yeah. appreciate all that. Thanks. All right, guys. Thank you for watching. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Telegram, Instagram. Uh, I think those are the main three. Are we yeah. anywhere else? I don't know anymore. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. Follow yeah, us on Telegram. Fine. You know, I, we're finally I, they let me back on Facebook, so I'm I'm back on Facebook now. And um, uh, I mean, we're on Gab technically. Gab. Yeah, we don't Gab. have any of that. Um, make sure you follow us if you want to uh, keep up to date with what we're doing and just see what's going on outside of the episodes. And um, don't forget, we have the promo codes, guys. If you're interested in any uh, merch from our Teespring page, it's promo code CGI Joe, and that gets you 15% off all the Teespring merch. Then we have uh, 10% off the Omnia Radiation Balancer, which is a patch that you put on any radiating device. It harmonizes the frequencies coming in. Any of the negative frequencies actually turns it into something beneficial for your body. A lot of amazing results coming out about how it's actually healing in a way. Uh, People are receiving healing benefits from having this patch on their phone. Um, Promo code TRUTH, all caps, get you 10% off that. And then uh, Hopewell Farm CBD. It's it's an incredible CBD. We, We actually just had somebody reach out with this amazing testimony on how their cbd was like the best stuff they've ever tried uh we shared on facebook but i might actually get it yeah. next time and read it because it's awesome uh 10 off of that with promo code journey to truth 10 and all those links are below in the description uh come hang out with us in sedona or east city and uh yeah we will see you guys next time have a great evening good night everybody good night, good night.